Welcome to the Forager Podcast, where I talk with cottage food businesses about their strategies for running a food business from home. I'm David Crable, and today I'm talking with Lauren Inazu. Lauren lives in St. Louis, Missouri, and sells all sorts of baked goods with her cottage food business, Counted All Joy. I am really excited to have Lauren on the show today. She is an extra special guest because although her business looks like most startup bakeries, what sets Lauren apart is that she is only 13 years old. And let me tell you, she is a very ambitious 13-year-old. Uh, I think when I was 13 years old, I'm pretty sure I was just doing well to finish my homework. Lauren, on the other hand, has school, homework, extracurricular activities, and, oh, by the way, she has a cottage food business on the side. Now, as you might expect, she is still in the early stages of building her business, but I wanted to have her on the show because there are actually quite a number of young people who reach out to me wanting to know if and how they can sell their baked goods, and Lauren literally wrote in her application that she wanted to be on the show to inspire young people everywhere, which, having talked with Lauren now, I'm pretty sure is exactly what's about to happen. And with that, welcome to the show, Lauren. Nice to have you here. Thank you for having me. So Lauren, take us back to why you started this business and how you were compelled to start it as a 13-year-old. Well, when I was eight, I liked to bake and I wanted money for, I don't know, an American Girl doll or something. And there's a walkway behind my house a lot of college students use to get from a busy part of town to campus. So I set up a lemonade stand there after a football game when there were a lot of people walking and I sold cookies and banana bread with some friends. We called it Lauren's Sweet Treats and we made $68 and we thought we had struck it rich. And then I stopped doing the lemonade stands for a few years. And then when my spring break extended to remote learning throughout the rest of the year last year, I decided to take what had been a lemonade stand idea and just make it a real business. And I just decided to look into how I could do that. And that's how it started. Okay, and you started this, uh, I think, right at the begin, towards the beginning of the year when the pandemic hit, right? Yes, in March. And did you start it in any way because of the pandemic, or was that a coincidence? It was mostly because then I had a lot of time because I didn't have to go to school for eight hours a day. I just had a few classes, and I could get my work done really fast. So then I had about twice the amount of free time that I could use to bake. And has that time continued to be there or have you been getting back into school? Well, now I'm going hybrid school. So I go to school every other day. And then the days that I'm at home, I'm still doing a Zoom for every single class. So I don't usually finish a school day until 4.30. And so I do not have the same amount of time. So I've changed my hours And so I can only do orders after five and before nine, except on the weekends. So the time isn't there as much, but I can still get it all done. And what did you do to get your business started? Well, I think the first thing I did was I started a website because I'm really into website design and graphic design. So that was the first thing that I wanted to do. And then I started to get a menu ready. My dad told me that I should only have a few things to start, which was really good advice. And so I think my original menu, I had red velvet cupcakes, apple cider donuts, and frosted sugar cookies. And that worked really well. And so I just started going from there. I got my first order because 
my mom put something on her Facebook page. And so then all her friends wanted my stuff. And so then it started growing from there. Leveraging parents, friends. Nice. I like it. It's, it's good, uh, good marketing strategy for sure. And did you wonder if you were even allowed to start a business as a minor? Um, I did. I did a lot of Googling on how to legally start a business under 18. And you can start it basically the same way as an adult. Just contracts are a little bit different because as a minor, you technically don't have to follow through, but that's not great strategy. And credit is really hard, but I don't use credit, so it didn't really affect me. I think it's impressive to me that you put in so much research. You said that's how you found Forger initially. And um, I feel like most 13-year-olds who like want to sell something, they just set up a table out in their front yard and they start selling it. Where does this come from? Like, where, you, you started selling lemonade when you're eight years old. And uh, does this come from your parents? Or like, why do you have such an entrepreneurial spirit? I think a lot of it does come from my parents. My dad has his nonprofit and has done a lot of stuff. And so has my mom. And so I think I just, I wanted people to take me seriously. And, you know, it's just a lemonade stand. And pretty much every kid does that at some point. So I want it to be more legitimate. And so I think that's why I thought, well, I'm going to make a delivery service and people can order online. And is this something that your parents were encouraging you to do or were you the one telling them, this is what I'm going to do? It was mostly me telling them this is what I'm going to do. I think I told them I was working on a project and then I just showed them my website. I was like, can I publish this? I really want this. And they were like, sure, go ahead. But they were very encouraging once they knew that I was doing it. You said you're into website development, and what are you using to create the the websites that you worked on? Right now, I'm using Wix because it's free, but that also means that my website is countalljoy.stl.wixsite.com, and so I have built one on Squarespace. I just haven't set it up because it's a lot more expensive, and I've also done some design for other people's websites, and I use Squarespace for that. Yep, and I definitely recommend going with the free uh, free options when you're starting out. Now, have you had to pay for anything to get your uh, business off the ground? No, except for ingredients and packaging, but I haven't had to pay for my website or anything or online ordering. And you didn't have any kind of licensing that you had to pay for? Well, technically, I'm still in the process of registering my business and taxes, so... I will at some point, probably in the next month or so, but I have not yet. And you said that you, in the process of learning about Missouri's cottage food law, also learned about St. Louis restrictions. Can you clarify and expand on that? Uh, What did you learn and uh, what should somebody living in Missouri or St. Louis be aware of? Yeah, of course. So the Missouri cottage food law says that you can sell out of your home, events, farmers markets, and roadside stands. In St. Louis, you need a vendor's permit to sell outside of your home, like at farmers markets, but you can't get a permit without operating of a commercial kitchen. So in your home kitchen, you can only sell from home. So I've talked to a lot of people. I have a local farmers market that I can walk to. And so I've looked into using a 
commissary or shared kitchen, but I really can't afford it right now, but I hope to sometime. Yeah, it is unfortunate to hear that you can't sell at markets without getting a commercial kitchen. Um, I don't know, maybe that's something that Missouri can change at some point and and ensure that you don't have to uh, go through special hoops to just sell at a market. But it's very, very impressive to see how much you have done to and learned about to get this business off the ground. And I think... Um, People probably are taking you pretty seriously at this point. Did you ever find it difficult for people to take you seriously because you're only 13 years old? Not really. I've reached out to a couple of people, like the person who runs local farmer's market and another business that just opened a storefront in St. Louis, but ran a home bakery for years. And they've all said that they were very impressed and they're very supportive. And most of my customers are friends or friends of friends. So most of them already know me. So I haven't really had a lot of trouble taking with people taking me seriously. Yeah, I could see it being actually the opposite where they'd probably want to do everything they could to support uh, a young entrepreneur like yourself. What would you say the lemonade stands taught you in terms of starting this business? Well, I learned that people don't love it when you name your business after yourself because I was selling with other people and I was doing it under the name Lauren Sweet Treats. We just had a poster and someone actually paid us $20 to change the name. Wow. So I that's why I decided not to name my account all joy Lauren Sweet Treats. And I just thought you see a lot of businesses where it's like Deb Sugar Sweets and I just wanted it to be different. And I learned how not to market because we would go up and down the sidewalk, like at a circus and be like, come get your brownies here. Or we would have our friends who are six and seven, just walk up and pretend to be customers. Like they would just be doing that walking by themselves on a college campus. And so I basically learned what not to do from the lemonade stand. So, uh, so having, friends pretend to be customers that's not a good idea not if everybody is there watching <laughs> i mean i think it's great to have friends who are real customers but not if it is a bunch of kids just walking up to a table see i think that's actually pretty ingenious that you would even think to try something like that and and that's a concept called social proof right you know if you're driving down the street and you see one restaurant on one side of the street that's full of people and you see another restaurant on the other side that is empty you're probably going to go to the one that's full because it's a concept of social proof so that's pretty impressive they even thought to try that marketing concept thank you um, and so you're talking about the business name. Where does that come from? Well, it's from a Bible verse originally. It's from James 1, 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And I just thought it was a nice message. Just count everything joy, look on the bright side. And I think it's kind of been, because there have been challenges. And so just it's kind of just an optimistic so have you noticed that it's kind of a nice thing when everyone's 
going through this pandemic time, have you felt like you've been able to give joy through your baked goods to people? Yeah. You just get a little bag of cookies that says count all joy on it. And I think it has been really nice. And how has it been? I mean, has your business been growing over time or has it mostly just stayed with your friends? Like how have you tried to um, expand your business if you have tried to expand it at all? Well, at the beginning, I told you I started in March, which is technically true, but I didn't get my first real sale until actually August. I was giving away a bunch of food to people who needed it or like my friend broke her leg. So I gave her some cupcakes and it was all under the name Count All Joy, but I was really running more of a nonprofit because I was making no profit. And so my mom posted something on her Facebook in August and I think I got eight or nine orders that week. And so that's kind of how it started. And so it has been growing since then. And I partnered with a nonprofit, The Carver Project. And so I make the cookies for their events. So that has also helped me grow. So what was it like? I mean, were you intentionally starting as a nonprofit? Sounds like you're giving a lot of stuff away for free. What did you learn from that experience? I like giving stuff away because it makes me feel like a nice person. But it also wasn't very effective because... I was only losing money and I'm pretty sure at that point I was also still using my mom's ingredients and all of her stuff and so it was really just me like taking cookies over to someone's house and so it wasn't really a business I would just put the sticker on there and be like go check out my website. And what kind of um, where were you giving food away to or who were you giving it to? Um, there were a lot of meal trains happening then because people were losing their jobs or people were having babies in a pandemic or so it was mostly if we would take a meal or I would just be like, oh, it's your birthday next week. Here, have a dozen cupcakes. But I would be working and losing money on those cupcakes and I wasn't getting anything returned. So I wasn't intentionally starting a nonprofit but that's how it ended up. So you started to sell in August and what have you, you done to try to grow your business? I pretty much tell everyone to go look at my website anywhere I can. And then I have a Facebook page. So if I post something, then that's marketing, but I haven't tried any ads. I just don't think it's really necessary. I have an email campaign and a lot of it has been word of mouth. I do have some things that I have thought about, but never actually, like I keep second guessing myself. It's not a good idea. Like handwritten letters. My original idea was I was going to write handwritten letters to everybody who ordered a certain amount or ordered a big thing. Just be like, thank you so much. This was really helpful. I hope you come back. I never actually, I think I kind of chickened out on that because I was like, that doesn't seem professional. No one's going to want to get a letter from a bakery and then I do put samplers of other items in with the order so if someone orders a dozen cookies I'll put a dozen chocolate chip cookies and then also a couple frosted cookies or a cupcake and I also like giving extras so if they order a dozen I'll give them 14. Now you said you don't think that people would like getting a handwritten note? 
I'm not sure. I've gone back and forth on it a lot. I think I will try it. I think I definitely will after the holiday season because I think that will be pretty busy. And who doesn't like a thank you note after Christmas? Yeah, it's definitely a lot of work, but I think you'd be surprised at how effective it is because, you know, it's becoming increasingly uncommon for people to receive notes like that. And um, I think I think you'd be surprised that it does make uh, quite a difference and it resonates with people and it might be a really good tool if you're willing to put in the time. And I know that you're a good writer. So, uh, yeah, you might be surprised at how effective that is. Okay, I'll try it. Thank you. Now, I was just thinking about your schedule and like what what other things are you doing aside from this cottage food business? Um, You've got school, you got homework. Are you involved in any other projects? Yes, I play the piano. So I actually have piano in an hour and a half, I think. And I go to youth group. I'm part of some clubs, but they don't meet. They usually meet once or twice a month. And I go to Bible study every Friday morning at seven. And there are a few things, but they're not super consistent. So it kind of depends. But I do some other extracurricular activities as well. I feel like I I read somewhere that you like started a magazine or something um, or a newspaper. Yes, in fifth grade, I started a school newspaper at my elementary school And that was really fun. I got interviewed by a local magazine about that. So that was a really interesting experience. But I don't go to that school anymore. And so I'm not part of that. I am part of my new school newspaper, though. Yeah, so definitely a consistent trend of you uh, taking leadership roles and starting things and starting projects um, at a very young age. And did your parents like push you a lot in school like you seem like you're very uh, well educated <laughs> for your age um they weren't like get straight A's but they said like if you studied really hard and you still got a C well that's fine because you worked at it but if you didn't study and you're being lazy and you got a C well that's a different story and I'm really lucky because I go to a really nice school here and It's like the number one college prep school in Missouri. And so I'm really lucky to go there and they have great teachers. And so very blessed on the education scale. And you have siblings, right? Yes, I have two younger siblings, a brother who is seven and a sister who is 11. Okay, so you're the oldest sibling. So have you uh, recruited your siblings to help you out with the business? I mean, you know, employees, you know, you got to get the employees going. Yeah. My sister was the unofficial marketing director for about a month until she quit because she told me I was a bad boss. But she made me a very lovely giant cardboard sign with a picture of a cake on it that says count all joy. And so she likes it. Yes. She likes being up here when I'm doing like customer info and emails and stuff what what made you a bad boss i have no idea i think she didn't like that i had to tell her what to do ah yeah (laughs) well see that's real life learning right there you're already learning what it's like in the real world (laughs) yep where um where do you see this business going as you move forward i think at least for 
a number of years. I do want it to be just be a side thing. I don't really want baking to be my entire career, but I would. My dream is when I'm older and I'm retired, I do want to start a storefront, but I want it to be a side business for the most part. So you're 13 years old and you're already thinking about retirement. So you're ahead of me, you know, when it comes to, uh, (laughs) you're, you're thinking way beyond when I was 13 years old, I'm pretty sure I was just, um, thinking about what the next video game, you know, was going to be. And I don't think I had any thoughts about retirement. So would you like to work in a bakery someday? Yes, I think mostly for the experience. I don't really like the idea of having a boss. I don't know. I like being my own boss. And so, I mean, I'm going to have to get a job at some point, but probably I know some friends who are just 16 or 17. They work in a bakery before or after school. And so I think I'd want that. But again, I don't really want baking to be my entire career. So yes, but I don't want my job to be to work at a bakery. And you were talking about what you'd like to do in retirement. Do you have, it sounds like you have a a pretty solid life plan already. So what, what are you planning on doing? Um, college, post-college, uh, what, what, what do you like, what do you envision your life looking like? Well, my dad says I'm going to be a lawyer. (laughs) I want to be a pediatric orthopedic surgeon, And so I want to go to WashU Med School and work at the Washington University School of Medicine. And I like bones and hospitals. So I think that would be really interesting. I I had no idea what I wanted to do when I was um, 18. I still don't know what I want to do. So um, that's pretty impressive that you already have a pretty clear vision for what you want to do. Now, you took until you're 13 years old to start this cottage food business, and you did it because of the pandemic. Now that you started it, do you wish you had started it sooner? I don't think so, just because I had a lot going on. There were no fall sports this year, so that would have been another thing on my plate. And so I had a play and sports and things that got postponed or canceled because of the pandemic. And so I think that I liked that I started it when I had a lot of time. I don't think it would have really lasted if I had tried to start it before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I know you haven't been running your business for a very long time, but has there been any memorable stories that have come out of your business already? Well, there have been a lot of times when I just haven't managed my time very well, so it'll be very late, sometimes past midnight, and I'll be frosting cookies. I'll have to go to school. I'll have to wake up for school in six and a half hours. And so that's always very, not very fun. And there was one time when I stacked up cookies, frosted cookies before they had dried. And so the frosting got smeared everywhere and they were basically ruined. So that was an interesting experience. <laughs> Well, so you are human. I'm glad to hear that uh, you have the same issues that I do when I'm trying to uh, make things happen and doing things late and running behind schedule Um, certainly happens to all of us. So what would you say to uh, a fellow 13-year-old who is maybe thinking about starting a food business? 
Well, this sounds so cliche, but just go for it because there's always so many reasons not to do something. And so I think you can do it. It's actually very surprising how little restrictions there are on minors. So it's you definitely want someone else's help. Like I've had my parents and another owner of a bakery and just other people who work in the food industry and of course, Forager to help me. And so you can't do it by yourself, but you should definitely just go for it. Cause even if it doesn't work, I mean, the worst case scenario is that it lasts for a couple months and then it just fizzles out. You're not going to lose a ton of money or ruin your reputation or anything. So when you're a kid, you don't have to support a family or there's not a whole lot of pressure as there is of just quitting your day job and starting a business as an adult. So why not try it out now? Were uh, your friends surprised that you started this business? I'm not sure. I just started at my school last year. And so kind of when everyone met me, I told them that I like to bake and they I was just kind of labeled as the baking girl. And so I think my friends who know me for a long time were not. But I think it's always kind of fun to be like, oh, yeah, I just have to go make four dozen cookies tonight for an order and they're like an order like oh yeah I have this baking business and they're like that's so cool and so I think they have been really supportive but it's really fun. Do you think you're uh, you're inspiring them to start their own businesses or or do anything entrepreneurial? I'm not sure my friend she does have a clothing business and I think people people have been oh yeah I can make caramel popcorn I might try selling that sometime And so I think I have been in a way, but I'm also not really 100% sure. I hope I have. I like to think I have. Has your business surprised you in any way? And if so, how? Not really. I didn't expect packaging to cost so much, but I also, I didn't really have any money when I started. So I think for the first few orders, I was using my mom's ingredients. And then when I got enough money to go buy my own, I did that. So I haven't made a whole lot of money, but I didn't really expect to. So there haven't been that many surprises. It's kind of, I didn't, I think I have a business plan somewhere, but I haven't really followed it. It's kind of been more of a go with the flow thing because there aren't really any stakes. It's kind of just a fun activity. Have you been, uh, managing your own accounting and and how have you been keeping track of numbers um yes I have a well I have a bunch of customer lists so every customer gets a little paper with their all their contact info and then I every time they order something I put it down and then write the price and then once they've paid it they get a little check mark next to their order and so I accept my money in cash or Venmo. And so I have a separate Venmo account just for account all joy. And then that goes into my bank account. And so that's collected there. And then I like to keep track of how much money I'm making per week. And I have a little spreadsheet with how much money I'm making and losing. Now, you said that you're also keeping track of emails and you have an email list. How is that going? Um, pretty good. So Wix has an email campaign that you can just use through them and they keep track of all your contacts. I also like to have them. So if something happened, so I can just click send to all my customers 
For some people who haven't ordered anything, subscribe to my site so they also get the email campaign. And I don't send a ton of emails because I know I don't like getting an email every day from something that I'm subscribed to, like, come check out our new things. So it's really only if something happens, like if I have a new menu introduced or a new item, then I'll send an email or probably when this podcast comes out, send an email saying, come check this out. So I don't like sending a ton, but I think people will talk to me. And they're like, oh yeah, I got your email. I can count all joy. I really want to check that out. Are you sending like once a week or once a month? Like how often are you sending emails? I'm not entirely consistent. It's really only if something happens and I haven't, I've thought about being more consistent, like a week, a monthly newsletter or something, but I don't really see the point because I don't really know what I would say unless I have something new coming out. So no, not at this point. Now, how has your menu adapted over time? Like, have you been trying new things or introducing new products for people to try? Or has it stayed pretty much the same from the beginning? So the regular menu has stayed basically the same. It was originally red velvet cupcakes, sugar cookies, and apple cider donuts. And right now I have red velvet cupcakes and vanilla cupcakes. And I made these really fun cupcakes for a birthday party that were blues hockey team themed. And that was really fun. And so I decided I could do custom stuff too. So you can order custom cakes, sugar cookies, or cupcakes. And so like I made a witch unicorn cake for a Halloween party. And that was really fun. And there's also there's regular sugar cookies and chocolate chip cookies. And then right now there's my fall menu, which has ginger molasses cookies which are spicy but good and apple cider donuts and I believe that's it. Where are you getting the inspiration for these different products? I don't know I think I found the molasses cookies on Food Network or something and I tried them out and I was like oh these taste really good. I think I'll start selling these after I try them a few more times and so that's mostly where it's come from. I really like the apple cider donuts. I just think they're very fall themed and they're also, they taste very fresh. So it's mostly just been, if I like something, I think, well, other people will probably like it too, I hope. And so I put it on there. Have you noticed some of your products are doing a lot better than others? Yes. People really like the apple cider donuts and one customer said that they ate eight of them in one day. So that's good for me. Not sure it's so great for them. But um and I do the ice sugar cookies for the nonprofit. So obviously I'm selling those a lot and the chocolate chip cookies. And how did you determine your pricing? Well, my prices are pretty low. Because the ingredients don't cost that much. Really, the most expensive thing is butter, but I can get that in bulk for a lot cheaper. And so the pricing, I mean, I know this isn't the best thing to do. I'll kind of look at a grocery store and be like, I'll raise it up a dollar. I mean, it always depends. One time I saw something at Costco selling 36 macarons for like $8. It's like, that's ridiculous. But 
Um, it's mostly been what I felt was right. I don't like overcharging, but I'm still making a profit. So it's working for me. I mean, I'm kind of looking now and thinking maybe $4 for six chocolate chip cookies is very low, but I feel like it's working. So I don't think I need to change anything right now. I would like to raise prices eventually though. What would the apple cider donuts cost? Right now they cost six fifty for a half dozen and twelve for a dozen. And those are actually very not complicated. They only take about thirty minutes in all for a dozen or two dozen. And so I like those prices. I think I could raise them because they're so popular. So I don't know. I would probably I have to think about more, maybe like fourteen dollars for a dozen. Well, as you run your business for longer, what you can do is you can increase your prices and uh, see if it changes anything. You might find that uh, people don't blink an eye at the higher price. Yeah. And then for people, like I had a school order five dozen, and so I gave them a 10% discount or the nonprofit, they get the cookies for half of the price, but they order a lot. So it still adds up. Now, um, do you have a plan for this money that you're trying to make? Is there is there um, a mission behind starting this business and making money? Or uh, are you reinvesting the money? Like, is there anything that drives you to be, to be making money? Not really. I feel like it's kind of nice to just have it. So if there was something that I really wanted, I could be like, okay, well, I have the money, so I can spend it or I cannot. And... I do want to give, there's a lot of immigrants in St. Louis, and so I want to give some of the money to Harvest Ministries, which does a lot with the immigrants, and, but not all of it, because I'm not that nice, but I think it's mostly just sitting in my bank account, and that's kind of how I'd like to keep it. Um, are you aware of Chloe, the the 13-year-old baker? If It was a number of years ago she was 13 years old, but she was... Um starting in Illinois, just one state over from you. You heard her story? Didn't she get a kitchen out of that? Yeah, she she got on the Rachel Ray show. But I just bring her up because she, I think her her motivation was she wanted to buy a car. I mean, that would be nice too. Can't drive <laughs> yet, but eventually. <laughs> um, yeah, and so you had talked about, um, I, I know you're not going to get a kitchen or uh, build a kitchen in your home, but you had looked into renting a commercial kitchen. What did you learn in the process of looking into that? Um, it costs money. <laughs> I know some businesses, they'll partner with them and use a shared kitchen for free, but I don't really know a lot of bakers in person. So there are a couple of shared kitchens specifically for the purpose of helping startups, but it's still pretty expensive. And a big thing is food storage. Like, They'll charge $150 a month just to keep your food there, not even for kitchen use. And that's the money that I don't really have. And so I just don't think at this point, especially in the winter now, but I don't really need to be selling at farmer's markets. And it kind of feels like one more thing that I have to do. And so, cause you want to be consistent. Once you get out there, you don't just want to be going back and forth. And so I don't really think it would be worth it right now, but there definitely are options. There's also food halls where you can get 
a storefront area with it, but I have school and it's not my full-time commitment. So that wouldn't really work either. You know, for you, I can almost bet that there's some commercial kitchen out there that would let you use their commercial kitchen for free. And you don't have to just limit it to bakeries, but you can look in um, public spaces, community centers, churches. If you start to ask around, there's probably a kitchen that's nearby because you're in a city, you're in St. Louis, right? So, you know, there's probably plenty of kitchens nearby and I'll bet one of them would let you use their kitchen in off hours so that you could sell at a farmer's market. Oh, well, I'll look into that. Yeah. I would definitely explore that before, you know, trying to pay $25 an hour or something like that for a commercial kitchen space. And were you looking at specific farmer's markets before you learned about the restrictions? Um, yeah. So there are a number of farmer's markets in St. Louis. A lot of them are actually associated with one farmer's market that just has a bunch of locations, but there's actually one that just opened a year ago. I think it takes me 10 minutes to walk there. And so that would probably be ideal because it's so close, but that's definitely, it's called the U-City Farmer's Market. It's definitely the one that I would want to sell at. Do you feel like there's an end date on this business or do you want to just uh, run it indefinitely at this point? I think I kind of just want to see how far it will go. I mean, obviously this is in like five years, but if it's still on when I have to go to college, then that would be very interesting to see how that would play out. But I like doing it and I don't really see a reason to not do it. So I think I'll just keep it going for as long as possible. And why do you love running your business? Um, because well, one, it's something to do. I can't really be bored. My mom would not say the same thing. I tell her I'm bored all the time. And I like to bake because before I would want to bake the same amount, but we can't have a cake and four dozen cookies in the house. They just get thrown away because we can't eat all of that. And so it's an excuse to bake and, you know, making money. So that's another little additional thing. Well, thank you very much, Lauren, for coming on the show. Now, how could people learn more about your business and reach out to you? Okay, so my website, it's very specific. You can put the link in the description, Yeah, I'll put the link in the show notes. Okay, so it's countalljoy-stl.wixsite.com slash home. And I'm still working on search engine optimization, but at this point, I don't think you can Google it and find it. So either there's a link or on Facebook at CountAllJoySTL or email CountAllJoySTL at gmail.com. Perfect. Well, uh, I think it's super impressive what you've already done in your business. And I look forward to hearing more about how your business grows into 2021. Thank you. That wraps up another episode of the Forger podcast. I am so impressed with Lauren's entrepreneurial spirit at such a young age. She is certainly mature beyond her years, and I'm looking forward to seeing how her business evolves over time. As Lauren said, it doesn't matter how old you are, you can start a cottage food business. To learn how to do so, head on over to forger.com to check out your state's cottage food law. For more information about this episode, 
go to forger.com slash podcast slash 23. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.